What a great, uh, what great timing for me to be able to speak with you this morning. Dr. Howard Wall of Lindenwood University. I will say that it is Friday, June 10th. I don't normally on this podcast, but new inflation numbers came out today and we had agreed to have this podcast uh, a week or two ago to talk about inflation and who knew that we would have a record setter to talk about. <laughs> oh, oh, the inflation, not me. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> uh, so just recap what we found out overnight about how prices are going. Well, so the, the new number came out and the headline number is 8.6% uh, 12 month inflation. So that's everything included. And if if you want a silver lining, uh, it's not really a silver lining, but uh, some context, uh, a great deal of that is is uh, energy, food and energy. So if you if core inflation was six uh, percent, but you know that doesn't really help you very much if you're paying it. But it does kind of point to what uh, what the solutions might be. So energy meaning really like the price of a gallon of gas, because I think. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about how people's perceptions of their financial well-being have been, but I personally am feeling this now at the pump. Uh, uh, my husband and I made a decision to get an F-150 truck oh, and <laughs> not long ago, it's like $100 now to fill yeah. the tank and it doesn't go very far. And I do think people are really feeling the pain in gas prices. And is that typically like a, a good sort of... Um, measure that really hits home for folks so it's the thing that uh, people will notice the most and complain the most about because it it's the most volatile so it will go up the most and in fact i mean it went up gas prices were up on average 50 percent or so and that's 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 a lot that's a big increase right and like you say it, it increases your gas tank you know filling your gas tank and you notice it you know once or twice a week maybe it's not a good indicator of inflation, but it, it is a good indicator of how angry people are going to be about uh, whatever inflation is going on. Right. So if you're not reading the Wall Street Journal and following the markets and you don't understand this uh, this bit of news, but you go by your gas station and it's $4.72, and then it's $4.85, and then it goes down, and then it goes up to $4.95. It's like people have this weird pulse on what's happening with prices just by driving by a gas station. It's well, it's, it's the one thing that we post on a giant sign. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, okay, so that's driving most of it. And 8%, so basically what this, could you just explain what that means, which is that we're paying uh, 8% more for this mix of goods than we did a year ago. Yeah, so you take kind of an average bundle of goods that you might buy, buy and that is 8.6% higher than it was a year ago. And it's it's... It includes, you know, rent, uh, you know, even the cost of your housing. If you own a house, it's imputed rent. So there's all these calculations in it. So Dude. it's not, it's not exact, but it's, it does give you a, a, an idea over time how how prices are are changing. And increasing by eight point six percent year over year is the biggest year over year increase in forty years, going back to nineteen eighty one. Yes, that's right. That's huge, and so people are going to feel that. But then you were talking about the core. What's the core? So the core is everything but food and energy, okay. which are the things that people see the most. But you look at the core inflation because food less than it used to be, but energy in particular are more volatile than everything else. So if you're talking about kind of long-term trends that the Fed might be reacting to rather than prices that are affected by other events, then you look at you try to look at core inflation. 
to say, okay, what's kind of the unvolatile things, the sta normally stable things, what are they doing? Because if you go month to month, what's happening with food and energy, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll drive yourself crazy. But then what I also see is people are dying to travel again. And plane tickets are exorbitant, but people are dying to get out and travel again. Yeah. Uh, house prices are still very high, especially in some markets might be cooling, but I mean, there's people are paying over asking still in lots of markets yeah. people still are buying cars so cars are a lot more expensive too i mean just buying a car i mean it's yeah. incredible i mean my used car is worth more than it was when i bought it two and a half years ago that's right uh and part of it is i mean it goes to the root of the of the inflation of where it comes from it's that there was kind of a we'll call it maybe a pent-up demand yeah uh but also there was there was trillions of dollars poured into the economy for free last spring and, and afterwards. Federal stimulus money, like payment checks directly. Payment checks out and it. people were already saving previous, you know, savings was already up because people weren't able to spend. And there were stimulus checks two years ago. And on top of that, there were then all other just kind of blanket stimulus checks, all financed just by printing money. So once you are then able to spend the money you do and prices are going to rise because of it and then how does it get impacted by the the supposed great resignation or what's happening in the labor market where people are quitting their jobs and then demanding higher wages so much of the the thing about the great resignation i think is turning out to have been uh been temporary i think people are uh well people changing jobs because they are going after uh, higher wages because there's a demand for wages, but at the same time, inflation is up. So you're going to be demanding higher wages. So I don't know that real wages are actually uh, down overall. I think once you figure out this month and you know, it's certain sectors of the economy, wages are rising, real wages are actually rising, but uh, it's, it's not going to be, you know, and you might see more inflation later, in the next few months because people are negotiating higher um, uh -huh. wages yeah. but that's not the kind of inflation that you really you really worry about because that's all adjusting to kind of the inflation of just too much money chasing too few goods so as an economist what do you think was the main driver of this inflation was it something that could never have been avoided if you have a pandemic or were there policy uh errors that were made so there are a couple things to you have to first kind of separate inflation where where economists talk about it which is where it's because there's too much money in the system and then uh big price adjustments which are different things okay so inflation which is where kind of core price rises and th things are generally going up <clears throat> that's uh i mean pretty much mostly due to the stimulus money and print stimulus and printing money uh, there were some obviously bottlenecks and stuff like that, but overall the blame is, uh, you know, printing money and throwing it into the economy. Now, on top of that, we then get things like, you know, the war in Ukraine, which will affect oil prices and other things. Right. But the, you know, we'd be having a completely different conversation about what, what to do if the federal government and the Fed hadn't, you know, been pouring trillions of dollars into the economy, mostly needlessly. I mean, this last round, the ARPA money, the American Rescue Plan money, 
most of which has not been spent. Right. You know, I study education. I think a lot of school districts in Missouri anyway, have it sitting in their checking account. They right. I think trying to decide, like, should they spend it because they don't really have necessary, they don't need to buy any more masks or cleaning supplies. Yeah, they could be spending it on uh, getting kids caught up, but I think they're not sure how to spend it. And is it okay to pay the the parking lot or buy a bus? Like, they don't know what to do with it. So it clearly isn't emergency funding. Right. And I think that's that is nation nationwide that the the money for school districts is just sitting there because they can't they're not going to hire people because that requires more than a year or two. That's a permanent thing. So it's, yeah, the, I mean, the. So the money got pumped in there, which affects inflation. So what, what is the fix? Well, so the, the fix for inflation is, you know, the Fed is now finally on it and they've been raising rates and bringing, you know, reducing the monetary base. Uh, So that's, that's good. And there's, you know, kind of mixed discussion at the Fed about what to do. Some are more hawkish about it than than others, but they're probably a few months behind in in reacting. I mean, they should have. I mean, there was a hawkish reaction. What like what would they do? Oh, I think they're talking like another full percentage point or more through the rest of the year. Mortgage rates, housing market cools. Yeah. What Uh, about energy? what about what the this uh, push towards clean fuel and away from oil and natural gas? Yeah. So the the problem with energy is you know you can blame maybe uh, Ukraine for most of the oil price gasoline and oil price rise. It's not entirely true because the Biden administration has done just about everything it can to reduce the incentive to actually produce and drill and use pipelines or anything else. So. Uh, although like today's prices might not be directly related to those, the recovery from all this are, you know, will be because they're not allowed to uh, do things and the uncertainty about regulations, they're not going to plan to spend billions of dollars to invest in new drilling or what have you when the regulatory uncertainty is is so high. I mean, the XL Keystone XL pipeline, it's on, it's off, it's on, it's off, it's on, right. it's off. This is not a way to uh, to run or to have investment be done in in the country. I mean, they're supposed to be doing infrastructure, but unless it's the government doing the infrastructure and paying union wages, uh, you know, and and having it be directed from Washington, then it, none of it's any good. You and know? there's the clean energy credits, which is a market in and of itself where uh, dirty energy companies and coal industry can buy clean energy credits from clean energy. So it becomes like this secondary market where they're just trading around clean energy credits and nothing's getting cleaner. Uh, I was noticing, I I think in one of the major papers, I think the Wall Street Journal this morning, there's a coal plant in Missouri on Rush Island that is a known polluting coal plant that should be closed and they can't close it or they're not going to close it because of the energy shortage. Like we, you know, I don't know. Well, so, energy is a whole other thing because if 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 you're not for nuclear, you're not really caring about climate change. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And nuclear is the one thing that can't be done. They'd be more happy to spew coal into the air than to build a nuclear power plant, which would solve most of the problems. So, do you see anything any way out of this um, rising inflation other than raising interest rates, or is that the only way to do it? Uh, well, that is an absolutely necessary thing. 
uh, is to get money supply under control. And now it's it's to the point, I think, where it's inflation expectations are, what do they call unanchored is what the new phrases are, but people don't uh, expect inflation to be low. So they're anticipating higher inflation in the future. So, you know, that means you're going to get it uh, because I think the Fed has lost some credibility on this, that they spent the entire 80s and early 90s uh, painfully earning and uh you know they're they're frittering some of it away yeah and it's you know it's it's hard to get it back so uh one thing that we had I, I wanted to talk to you about when we first set this up was this um uh economic well-being of u.s household rep reports it's called shed is that right survey of household anyway i believe it's called shed um, the survey of household economics and decision making. And basically what it found in 2021 in the third quarter, so it's been a while and didn't have these inflation numbers in there, is people were feeling really good about their finances. Mid-pandemic, maybe feeling badly about their lives or, <laughs> you know, but yeah. actually feeling the best since they started the survey about their finances. Isn't that ironic to you? I mean, well, so we the, the, but it's actually part of the problem. A lot of it was because their savings were high. Yeah. Uh, so their financial situation. Well, you know, I've got some savings. My credit card debt isn't all that great, that big, but it's because I hadn't been spending and they've been given free money. Uh, yeah. So it was, you know, so, well, I'm sitting pretty well. And then it's boom. Then you start spending it. So yeah. And I was, we were talking about federal stimulus in general the other day and about the uh, paycheck protection program and a bunch of that went to like real estate companies that were making a killing. You know what I mean? There's yeah. when you have this or when you uh, in, in Missouri and in most states, I guess maybe in all states, there was no way to um, bump up someone's unemployment in any smart way. So everyone just got $400. Like, you know, they just did an across the board, but regardless of what you're making. And as we all know, a lot of people are making more money on unemployment than they were earning. And they certainly didn't want to go back to their jobs. But until we can refine some of those things and target funds, it makes me think that we shouldn't just jump into these federal stimulus programs so much anymore. What do you think? Well, I mean, I'm I was in favor of some, definitely some targeted money a year ago, uh, because some, you know it was a pandemic. People were sure. were in trouble. People, some people weren't able to find jobs. But the the thing, you know, the administration came in. They wanted to do something big to 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 own the recovery or something. Well, now they they own this because and, the former administration owned the CARES Act and CARES too, yeah. and then they wanted Amer American Rescue Plan so that they could take credit for. Bigger than the other two combined. I think. Right. Yeah. And it that was we didn't need it. We had vaccines. You know, things yeah, were take right. care of themselves. What you needed was targeted relief. Uh, and they were in denial over, you know, the disincentives that money, you know, handing money to people would have. Yeah. Uh, you know, people who would make more money on unemployment. Yeah. Now, they there the evidence is is all over the place on that, but you know, if you speak to employers, they have absolutely no doubt or employees. Yeah. They'll tell you, oh, I didn't go back to work. I was better off. Yeah. You know, not. So it's well, luckily, I believe you. So do you think that we've seen, do you think is your, are you unanchored? Do you think we've seen the top of this inflation or do you think that there will definitely be more? So again, it depends on what the inflation we're talking about because energy, there's, there's not an end to uh, what most of the things causing the energy energy yeah. spike 
There's not an end to uh, the war in Ukraine. Uh, there's not an end to the regulatory burdens. Couldn't uh, we open our reserves, though? Oh, yes. Two or three drops come out daily <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a show of force. <laughs> but we could have more than two or three drops. No, because it's not really that big. Uh -oh. And it's also really, it's not meant to fight inflation. I, I mean, I think it was meant for actual national emergencies like a war or something where we don't have physically have the oil. But things like the Keystone Pipeline where we could be more energy independent. So they've not done anything to improve that in the short or the long term. Their inclination is to build, um, a, you know, a, electric outlets for your car yeah. all over the country. And oh, did you see Debbie Stabenow? Is that how you pronounce her name from Michigan? She was in the Senate the other day and she was poo-pooing the whole idea of high gas prices and said, I drove my Tesla all the way from Michigan to DC. <laughs> and we we went through all those gas stations. It was no problem at all. It was, oh my God. <laughs> Stop being poor, people. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my get a Tesla. Yeah, just get a Tesla. That's what I did. Um okay, so the energy thing probably won't turn around. But if you deconstruct inflation and if people do begin to notice. I, I, I see that the backlog of ships in the LA Harbor is down. I know Target has been talking about a, a an excess of inventory. Um, you know, yeah, I so think there are a lot of things lumber that the, prices might be coming down. There are a lot of things that the administration could do uh, immediately to alleviate a lot of this, which they're not doing. Which is? Which is suspend the Jones Act and work to get rid of it entirely. What is it, the Jones Act? Jones Act requires uh, what the heck is it? You you can't ship if you ship domestic to domestic port. It has to be a domestically built ship, and other sorts of restrictions. Okay. So, for example, um, Puerto Rico can't import can't get any oil from the continental United States. It has to uh, buy it from uh, the Middle East because there aren't ships that will do it. Okay. So, uh, but that's one thing. I mean, there's still tariffs that are on a lot yeah. of goods. I mean, the baby formula thing right. is classic. I was going to say it's tariffs, and then well, we'll send some ships or some some planes, army planes to air force planes to get stuff and bring it over. As well, just remove the tariffs and the restrictions, and we'll have entire container ships full of the stuff coming. Right. Uh, so there are a lot of things that could be done that won't be done because and and ports also. I mean, the the, the ports that aren't working well, like Los Angeles, these are the extremely heavily unionized ones. Yeah. Efficient ports are the ununionized ones in the in the south. So these things are not going to be tackled in in any fundamental way by the administration. So, you know, the things that they can do they're not um and the things that they could do with some effort they're certainly less likely to do. Yeah. So, so it's going to suck. Yeah, it's going to suck. The the Fed is finally on the Kind of the monetary inflation part so I, uh, janet I yellen that, did admit to being wrong uh, well she's about to be fired i think she's just being <laughs> setting herself up to be thrown in front of the bus but um and there has been a change in tone from the administration that inflation actually is a problem not just that the, they're not calling it the putin inflation any longer right <laughs> which right. was idiotic but uh, you know, the, it's 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 up to the Fed, and the Fed I think is has not done a great job in the last say year and a half about this, but they're finally on it, and we'll see how they do. 
and uh you know fingers crossed it keeps economists like you uh busy with something to talk about yeah i if the economy having, was just rolling along i prefer having nothing to talk about I, when i started at the fed when i was in the late 90s the discussion was how can things keep going so well yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I'm afraid things are too good and that is a thing like the, there there was a long period of uh you know economic prosperity so for uh, gen generation z i mean this is all new right this like gas well, the, prices the going up to five dollars people thought inflation was i mean you just don't understand it i'm actually old enough to remember the 80s. inflation from the late 70s oh yeah gas and prices i never paid below a dollar for gas it was a, just hit a dollar when i started driving mm -hmm. um but you know i do remember the 80s the fight against the inflation of the 70s and that was yeah terrible and you know it's i i think people were just deluding themselves yeah and because you know the with the great recession and other things monetary policy was extremely loose inflation didn't take off luckily so great but they i think the fed just thought oh well we can just inflation's dead and, and people are sort of panicking over five percent mortgage rates and it's like five percent I mean, I do remember 10, 11, like nine was a great one. If you could get a nine, like under 10%, you know, oh. they're not going to be 3% forever. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's the housing market. Who knows? That's just crazy. The housing market is crazy um, in some areas for sure. So, yeah. Well, um, but, you know, there it's still, they're not doing anything to alleviate that, which is remove regulations. The way to remove a lot of labor market regulations, licensing restrictions, uh, import of wood from Canada, yep. uh, all sorts of things they could be doing. Uh, you know, zoning restrictions are a big problem in, in the places where prices are going up, and none of these things are are, are going to be changed very soon. And they can be changed pretty quickly, but they won't. Yeah, it's stuff that Shami Institute talks about all the time, and it's a little easier when people are feeling the pain to explain like this is what we mean when we say excess regulations excess unionization excess tariffs these are the kinds of things that just take money out of your pocket so then it's harder for you to start a business you know it's just like this is takes money directly out of your pocket and that is what's happening today right year over year money's going out yeah. of people's pockets and they're like i don't really like this <laughs> yeah yeah that's why we need less government getting in the way well, and like in housing, the solution is more more government. They say, well, we need more affordable housing, so oh, you have yeah. some government. And it's well, what you need is more unaffordable housing, and then the what's unaffordable get, becomes like, affordable. More all housing, right? All so, the prices go down. That's right. It doesn't matter if you build new mansions. That means that they move out of their their old house. That becomes cheaper, and and so on. Yeah. But it's, they even have to manage housing, and that's part of the problem. Yeah, that's right. So. I, I'm trying to think of a way to end this on a good good note, on good news. Good news. <laughs> good, <laughs> Friday, June 10th. There must be some Friday. good news. Well, it's a little horizon. cloudy outside even. About so the economy. <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, In, unemployment is very low. Unemployment's very low. Uh, I, I think you're right on the, the great resignation. People are getting back to work. Pro, you know, the employment to population ratio is just about where it was before the pandemic. Right. Uh, so that's pretty good. And, you know, so I think people other than 
you know, inflation, people are working, can work. Yeah. So kind of the base of, okay, people are okay. Now let's deal with the issues. That's kind of the, the, the bright side of it is that the labor market, people look at the labor market as potentially a problem because it might overheat. And yeah. it's, well, that's good. That's a good thing to yeah. worry about, have to worry about instead of saying, you know, we have stagflation of high inflation and high unemployment. Yeah. Stagflation so the and piece of labor market looks like it's sorting yeah. itself out and the pandemic hopefully has ebbed. <laughs> I don't know. We've said that before, and but. tourism, restaurants, yeah. uh, hotels, those industries are are coming back. You know, and if you look at the like restaurant, you look at the change from two and a half years ago with with how restaurants work and how a lot of things work with apps and their schedules. Some of it's not going back the way it was because they found a more efficient ways to do it, and sometimes even kind of better uh, ways that to means. do it. So it's certainly true in education. Yes. <laughs> oh, and we've done it too at, at Lindenwood. We've adapted, you know, we had to go online and now it's, well, we can do some things online that works really well. We know when it, what works and we invested in it. So some things are, are a bit better because of this big jolt we had and kind of on the, at the labor market side, I think it's more flexible in a lot of ways. So. Okay. Um, I do have one final question because this came up recently. I was talking to some builders who are not a, not a very optimistic bunch when it comes to the prices of materials. But yeah. one to, one of them told me that we are, are in a recession, which I said, I beg to differ, we are not in a recession. But do you think we're heading into a recession? Uh, so that, that really depends. Um, a lot of folks are saying we're heading for a recession. Brace yourselves. So the... I, 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 a lot of people are certainly fearing that. And we did have a, a quarter of uh, small negative growth. And you need how many quarters for a recession? Well, two is kind of the rule of the rule of thumb. Okay. But, you know, in this climate, who knows? I, I wouldn't even use that. But then it was okay for the, the quarter after that. So things are going to bounce around a bit because everything's a bit weird. But there's certainly the risk of, of recession. But I think that's, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a real fear. But the stock market looks like a, like a bear. You know, it's still a lot higher than it was a few years ago. That's true. And, uh, you know, I think it's a, there's a lot of uncertainty. And the uncertainty is kind of what's holding a lot back also. Yeah. I mean, inflation is a new thing. And we'll see what, what people do to what, what the Fed does to, uh, to work on that. So I, I don't, I, I know a lot of people are fearing recession. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, recessions, who, who knows? They, they happen for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, one of them is usually a, a price spike in energy. I know. Yeah. So it's possible. Yeah. All right. That wasn't a good note. To you should have stopped with the question. That wasn't an optimistic <laughs> note, but uh, it, it's not for sure. We're not in one now and it's not for sure. The market is not doing well today. But um, I guess, you know, if people are expecting higher inflation going forward, then it gets baked in a little bit. So that's right. It gets baked into shock. there into their planning and the uncertainty gets baked into investment decisions, yeah. uncertainty about interest rates, inflation, the economy. And then that is almost self-fulfilling if it really gets out of control. Just don't look at your 401k. Yes. And you'll That's be what I said. Just leave it in an index. Friday, and don't look at your 401k. <laughs> well, Howard, so nice to talk to you as always. And as things continue to change, I hope you'll come back and explain them to me. Oh, anytime. I'm just sitting around in my Nebraska hat. <laughs> 
Waiting to talk to you, Susan. Love it. Love it. All right. Thanks, Howard. Take care. All right. Take care.